So today, if you have a Bible, let's go to Psalm uh, Psalm one. To be honest, like teaching, like the topical studies are difficult for me. I, I find more comfort just going through the Bible, and so pretty soon we're going to get back into the Book of Isaiah on uh, Thursday nights, and we're going to be in John, um, maybe even this Sunday. But today, as we're approaching the new year, I, I want to seize the the moment, man. I want to seize that opportunity to be able to um, take advantage of what I think God gives to us, uh, and that is an opportunity for a new beginning. You know, I believe with all my heart that the that the Bible says in Lamentations three twenty two that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. You know, is is faithful and is true, and so I think every day is kind of like a new start. You know, and so you have a new opportunity or every week is a new week or a new month, but especially a new year, you know. And so what I wanted to do uh, with you guys today is uh, give you a study. It has a funny title. It's called a game plan for the new year, not game plan, but game plan. And uh, when I say gain, I'm not talking about weight. That's um, pretty much a given this time of year, but we're going to work on that. I was talking to Shelly earlier today, and we were talking about how we're going to hit the gym tomorrow and January 1st, and we're just going to keep going until we get back uh, to where we belong. But, you know, so we're there. We're, we're going to gain a little weight. Um, but, but what I want to talk to you guys about is spiritual gain. The word gain is an interesting word. It's found 57 times in the Bible. And to gain means to grow. It means to make progress. It means to, to go forward, you know? I mean, there are many ways we can gain. When you read this through the scriptures uh, as God's people, we can gain more talents uh, for Christ. You remember he said, oh, thank you, Lord, you gave me this much, and so I've gained, you know, so much more. We can gain uh, things for Christ. We can gain spiritual riches. Uh, the Bible says in First Timothy 6, 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain believe it or not. But we can even, and here's kind of where I want to hone in, we, we can gain Christ. And to me, that's the best of all. You know, Philippians 3, 7 through 8, it says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Now think about that for a second. I mean, here's Paul the Apostle. Um, he's been a Christian for 30 years. And so when you look at Paul's testimony, he shares it there in Philippians 3. He was very religious. He was probably one of the most, most religious men who've ever lived, you know, kind of like a Martin Luther, right? But um, eventually he found out that that, was to no advantage, that that didn't save him. And so he counted it as loss. He counted it as trash. He counted it as dung so that he can one day uh, be found in the righteousness of Christ, right? But the thing about it, when you study this right here, it's not just getting saved. It's not just that. There's actually a gain in, in getting to know the Lord more. There's a gain in drawing closer to him. There's a gain in being more like him. And I think it's important for us uh, as we're starting a new year, Lord, what's the gain plan? Like as I, we start a new year, what, what do I need to do? And we can actually grow in this. 
One commentator said this, For Paul, the knowledge of Christ Jesus as his Lord meant the intimate communion with Christ that began at his conversion and had been his experience all the years since then. But it was not limited to the past, but was a growing relationship in which there was blessed enjoyment in the present and the challenge and excitement of increasing comprehension of Christ in personal fellowship. Although at regeneration a person receives Christ, this is only the beginning of one's discovery of what riches this entails. And so, you know, for me, I just, you know, I know I've been a Christian for a long time. It's kind of funny. I've been a Christian about the same amount of time that Paul had been a Christian when he wrote the book of Philippians, about 30 years. And I, I fail, um, I, I, I fall a lot, but I will tell you this, that I want to grow more than ever in, in my life. And so I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know if there's anyone here who wants to know him more. Anyone here want to know him more? Anyone here interested in the power that is available, the power of the resurrection? If you read in verse 10 of Philippians 3, that's available to us. The fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, that's an interesting thing. Like a goal, my goal is to die to self. My goal is to carry my cross because I know that if I die to self, which is a very difficult thing to do, then I will experience the power of the resurrection. You can't experience the power of the resurrection if you're not dead. And so this is what we're hoping that, um, I, I was kind of thinking of it weird. I'm a weird person to seek the Lord anew in 2022, to have, you know, this, um, it's like the best year, man. It's a new start. How, how did last year go? You know, for some of you here, uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, I wish I could talk to everybody who read through the whole Bible. You know, I know some of them, some of you guys did for the first time. And man, I'm not saying that, you know, it was, it was easy, but I'll bet you it was a blessing for those who did it for the first time. But I would love to find out, like, what your game plan is. Like, as we start the new year, you know, what does God have in store for you? I would venture to say that we need a plan. We do. We can't just, you know, go and it's going to happen. There has to be a plan, which is defined as a specific proposal to put into action in order to reach a certain goal. We need to draft up a, a plan. We need to draw out a detailed map or diagram showing how we will draw closer to Christ, how we will seek him, to know him, with the hopes of bringing him glory and being more like him. So honestly, you know, these are like, this is like um, linear stuff. This is objective stuff. This is not feeling gushy stuff. This is like, uh, I want to, I have a goal to be more like Jesus. I have a goal to, to, to bring glory to God. I have a goal to reach people for Christ. Well, if that's your goal, how are you going to get there? Is it just you're going to happen? No, there has to be vision. There has to be divine details. There has to be that something that the Holy Spirit will put on your heart to say, this is how I want you to seek me. We have to have something. You know, I know, because um, I, you know, when I got saved, I, I was saved at Cary Chapel, West Covina. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit discipled me. You know, I had a friend that kind of poured into me and, and there's uh, different individuals that God used 
But for the most part, and of course my pastor is sitting under his teaching, but for the most part, it was the Holy Spirit who discipled me. It was the Holy Spirit who said, well, this is how I want you to read your Bible. It was, this is how I want you to pray. This is the, st- the Bible studies that I want you to be faithful to attend. These are the teachers that I want you to listen to on the radio or online. These are the books that I want you to read. And God used all that to help me grow, to disciple me. You know, and then every year it started again, you know, reading through the Bible again. And so we're going to talk about stuff like that. I, I wish I could talk to all of you. I wish I could and to say, hey, how do you do it? Because everybody's different, huh? Some people, they, you know, they just, whatever, they read for a half an hour. And if it's just one verse, it's one verse. That's how they do it. You know, some, it's a chapter a day. Some, it's the Bible in five years. Some, it's the Bible in a year. This is how we pray. You know, some, it's hit and miss. Some pray while they're driving. Some get on their face. I would love to hear how you do it because these spiritual disciplines, they really are necessary. We need plans, huh? Don't you think? We need plans. Um, Thinking about the new year, we will probably develop plans to get in shape physically. How many of you here plan on joining a gym? You're like, I need to. Now, some of you guys here, you already are members of a gym, but you never go, right? And so, um, and again, I don't want to like make this bigger than it is because Paul said that bodily exercise, I mean, yeah, it helps a little bit, but it's nothing compared to the spiritual fitness. Because there are some people that they might be in shape physically, but they're not spiritually healthy. And there are some people who are not in shape physically, and they are spiritual giants. You guys know that, right? Okay, so I, I just got to tell you that. But, but most people, you know, you want to start the new year, and so you're going to, you know, some type of uh, plan uh, physically. Um, and then maybe you're here and you spend a whole bunch of money on Christmas, and you're thinking, okay, now I need to have a, a plan financially. Okay, this is what we're going to do uh, from this point forward as good stewards, as God gives us a new beginning. Um, maybe, you know, it'll be time for you to tithe because uh, tomorrow as we finish reading the Bible, we're going to hear it from Malachi. He says, test me, test me. Some people think, well, I can't tithe. I can't give to God 10%. And, and maybe if you're a widow on a fixed income, yeah, maybe you can't. But I would say uh, for the most part that, that we can. You watch what God will do. I mean, he will blow your minds, you know. And so Malachi says, don't rob me. God says, don't rob me of the tithes and offerings. Now, tithes, to me, when I look at it, and you guys might have a different conviction, but Jesus said these ought to be done. It's okay to tithe, you know, the mint and nice and kumun and stuff like that. But, but, but here's the thing. Do you tithe and then the offerings? So uh, to me, okay, I'll tithe to wherever God has me in my church and then I'll give offerings to, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith or give offerings to this radio program or give offerings to the whosoevers. That's kind of what God is talking about there. You don't rob him of the tithes and offerings. So I don't know what your plan will be, but we have to be good stewards of our bodies. We have to be good stewards of the finances. There's got to be a plan physically, financially. I know for me as a pastor, I want to develop a plan for the church, you know, as we're starting the new year, congregationally, I want it to be the best year ever. And so I, the Lord's been laying things on my heart to do a little different. 
But of course, the most important plan of all is the plan that needs to be made spiritually and personally. And like I said, the goal is always the same. The goal is the same. I want to bring glory to God and I want to do good for his people. I want to exalt God and I want to enjoy God. I want to be more like Jesus. The goals are always the same. But how to reach those goals, that's where we need to hear from him. And so um, I want to share with you guys um, a few things when it comes to the spiritual disciplines. And we're going to talk about that as we desire to gain and as we desire to grow. And so um, we're going to talk about two things. Number one, time in which we're taught by God. And that's kind of like our Bible reading. Time in which we're taught by God and time in which we talk to God. And, and, and you guys know Acts 2.42, there's four spiritual disciplines, uh, the word, prayer, uh, fellowship, and communion. So it's cool to see you guys here on a Thursday night, and some of you guys come other days, but like, hopefully there's like a conviction that like you're here primarily because the Lord wants you here. That's kind of how it works. Now, Sunday is a given. Sunday is a given, man. Sunday, unless you have to work or something, I think we need to be here and we need to make it our goal. But it's kind of cool when you add to Sunday a midweek service or you add a woman's study, you add a men's study or a youth study, whatever it might be. Uh, the Lord will show you the divine details on fellowship. He'll show you the details on communion. Now, communion is something we do as a church, but you can also do it at home. And so maybe you're here and you're a husband uh, or whatever. You're the head of the home and maybe God's going to lay it on our hearts as the new year starts to do communion once a month with your family. You know, you don't have to be a pastor and it doesn't have to be at church. As a matter of fact, the Bible says as often as you get together, then you can break that bread. You can have communion. And maybe the Lord will show you guys things like that. Because what, what do you do when you have communion? When you have communion, you're remembering Jesus. You're remembering the cross. And you even not only thinking of what he's done in the past, but it's kind of cool when you look at communion and he says, and one day we're going to break bread and have this whole celebration in heaven. And you kind of look forward to that. So anyways, um, Acts 2.42 gives us the spiritual disciplines, fellowship, communion. But the ones I want to hone in on today are the Bible reading and prayer. You know, because unfortunately, we're living in a time where people don't do that. People don't do that. You know, if I could ask you, you know, how is it going with your Bible reading? How is it going in your prayer life? You know, you're never going to grow and you're never going to experience all that God has for you. He's gracious. Don't get me wrong. But man, if you really want to see what God can do, you're going to have to seek him in these ways. Time in which we're taught by God. You know, it is a blessing to have human teachers, but I pray that we would know that we can actually be taught by God himself. In John 6.45, in quoting from Isaiah 54.13, Jesus said, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. You know, and I know God can teach through an individual, but God can really, really teach directly uh, 
by the Holy Spirit. There's another passage along the same lines. First Thessalonians 4, 9, it says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And so let me ask you guys a question. Anyone interested in being taught by God? You guys interested in that? I mean, that would be awesome, right? And how does that happen? That happens when we develop a spiritual discipline, a spiritual hunger, a desire to open up that Bible and ask him to teach you. And he will. And it's something that you have to do. I want to encourage you to do every single day of your life. You know, maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, I can't, you know, and there's different excuses that we might have. But I will encourage you to know that you can. You know, this past year has been uh, a, a real challenge for me because I, uh, for the first time in my life, I wrote like a, like, it's like a little commentary on the whole Bible, you know, and I, I, I think I bit off more than I could chew. It was crazy because last year, remember I was encouraging you guys to read through the one-year Bible and then I was um, just uh, thinking though, but Lord, there's probably like new believers or there's probably people that, that don't know anything and I don't want them to get frustrated. I don't want them to get lost. And so I wrote uh, something for every single day of the whole year and it has been uh, a blessing but it has been a challenge. Like every day we're talking like two hours of trying to figure this out and trying to hear from the Lord. And so I know, even though we're busy, even though we've got a lot going on, that we can do this if we would just ask God for that grace. And as we do, you, I will say this, that for me, reading this year, even though I read the Bible, you know, since I first got saved over and over again, I learned so much. I, after all these years, after who knows how many studies, I learned so many new things as I just studied it. And God will do the same for you. So encourage you, I encourage you. It's something that you want to do every single day. Look what we see here in Psalm 1. You guys are like, well, finally, you told me to open here. <laughs> There's a lot of scriptures in today's study, so you're going to have to write them down. But look what he says in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates. How often? Day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And his leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Wow, that's a crazy promise. But the ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, it's interesting the way he gives us that dichotomy between you know, the, the godly and the ungodly. You know? And in one sense, it kind of gets simplified in, in the fact that the godly they, they read their Bibles day and night. They, they read it and they meditate on it and they soak it in and they get blessed. You know, so awesome psalm in looking at this. Um, he gives a contrast there in verse 1. He kind of starts off 
interesting with the negative. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Basically, he says, blessed is the man who is not informed, who is not deformed, who is not conformed by this fallen world, which is under the sway of the wicked one. You got some people, even in the church, they they read all the other stuff on their phone, all the other apps, all the other news. They're listening to all the greatest whatever stuff that comes out of movies and music and Hollywood and all that the world has to offer. And he says, man, blessed is the person who's not doing that, who's not informed, deformed, or conformed by this fallen world. You know, if we take in their counsel, then it's inevitable. You know, you might think, well, I'm strong enough and I can do it. No, it's inevitable. We will eventually, if we take in their counsel, we will make their stand and eventually we'll be sitting in their seats. That's what the Bible says. And those seats are contrary to Scripture, things that are anti-God, leading to an eternity, he says right here, apart from God. And so, so much of it is just so simplified in, Lord, what am I taking in? While this person's a Christian, I, oh, that's fine, but sometimes you hear a person who claims to be a Christian and they're, it's not the same as the Bible, I mean, you open up your Bible and that's where it starts. I get convicted if I wake up and, you know, whatever, social media, email. I don't want to listen to anyone other than God first. It's important that we have that priority. Do you want to be blessed? Do you you want to be blessed? I'm just curious, you know. Are you interested? He says right here, if you do this, then you will have a perpetual supply of God's living water. You'll be planted right there by the living water. Anyone want to bear fruit for the glory of God and the good of his people? Remember, if I have fruit, you know, like a tree, if you can visualize them, a tree, other people are eating that fruit. Not necessarily me. That's part of the reason that I want to bear fruit. I want to bear love and joy and goodness and kindness, faithfulness. And then not just moral fruit, but ministry fruit. That happens as we're doing this. I want to bear fruit. I don't want to have leaves that wither. I don't want to have falling leaves in my life. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you're honest, and I don't know if you believe the Bible or not, but wouldn't it be cool if we possess this promise there here that says that everything we do will prosper? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Then we need to take heed to what we read here in this psalm. Blessed is that man, that woman, who meditates in God's word day and night. You don't have to be a Hebrew scholar to understand what that means. I mean, if we would open it up and open our heart and take it in and meditate on it. And when we're talking meditation, it's not just reading to get it done and, you know, the checklist. We're talking about, Lord, speak to me. And you're talking to the Lord about it. You're, you know, you're even, you know, letting the words come off your lips over and over again. That's what we need. And so I, I don't know, you know, how you guys feel, but let's do this. Let's say, okay, Lord, um, some of you guys may already have a plan, but, um, it, it, you know, maybe God's going to want to change it a little bit. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't have a plan. So, okay, Lord, as we're about to enter into the new year, how do you want me, you know, to read the Bible? 
I kind of divided that up into two things. Number one, the quantity of text. The quantity of text. And then number two, the quantity of time. The quantity of time. And so, you know, um, when it comes to reading the Bible in, in one year, I, I've told you guys many times, maybe you, you weren't here when I shared, but when I first got saved, uh, my pastor encouraged me to read the Bible every year. You know, that might not be what God has for you, but I know for me, it, it was exactly what I needed. You know, and, and you read it, you don't necessarily maybe get it all the first time, but then the second time, third time, fourth time, 20th time, whatever it is, it starts really, really finding a home in your heart. You know, some people say, well, I can't read, you know, that much because... You know, I, I don't understand. Well, that's probably because you're doing it for 10 minutes. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm weird. I'm kind of weird. I always think tithe. I think tithe. Now, you guys, I don't want to give you a legalistic burden, so I want to make this very clear. Your convictions are not my convictions. But I can at least tell you thoughts that I have, and then you might tell me thoughts that you have, but these are the, the finances I have. Okay, 10%, boom, that belongs to God. That's one of the goals that we should all have. And then 10% of the time. So if you think about it, there's 24 hours in a day. What if we spent two hours and 40 minutes with God every day? Now, I know that's a lot for some people. You're like, Manny, uh, you're crazy. But, but uh, the only thing I, the only reason I'm saying that is because some people say, well, I can't do that. But, but they're doing all this other stuff. They're watching these movies that are two hours long. They're, they're reading these things that are taking hours of their day. Not everybody. Some people, they're crunch. They don't have any time. I totally know that. But if we're a bet, better steward of our time, maybe we could spend a, an hour in the Word each day. It only takes 72 hours to read the whole Bible. But So now you spend an hour in the Word each day and you read a couple of chapters, and it's not so bad. And you start soaking it in. All I'm saying is that as the Lord leads you, and if you do this, look at the blessing that God promises. You know, read the Bible in a year. And so um, if that sounds like something you're interested in, um, we're actually going to um, give you a couple of plans that we have. And so some people, they have the Bible in a year. Have you guys seen that, the one-year Bible? And so uh, we actually have some for sale if you guys want to um, buy one from us. Or if not, you don't need to buy one. We're going to give you guys the um, reading breakdown on our website and on our app. So there's one uh, version of that. But there's another one that I want to share with you guys tonight. Something that, this is going to be probably something that um, I've thought over for many years. And uh, uh, so I'm going to come up with a, a different reading program for a year. And what it is, you guys, is, um, you know, the Old Testament is pretty much the same, except for the fact that you read a proverb every day. And you read your Psalms at night. So rather than reading three or four chapters in the Old Testament, it'll only be a couple, maybe three sometimes. But to me, honestly, and I'm just telling you what worked for me, a proverb a day keeps the devil away. I'm serious, man. 
Uh, you read your, there's 31 Proverbs, and so for most of the months, many months, there's a proverb for every single day. And maybe that's something you could read during your lunch hour because we need wisdom. Imagine if you read a proverb a day, how much you might grow in wisdom. That's something the Lord gave to me. And then the Psalms at night. Now, that's something I haven't been as good at, but I'm going to ask the Lord for grace. Help me with that. Because what that does is that then opens up the Old Testament to where you don't have to read as much and it might be more palatable for you. And then the New Testament, I want to do it different. I want to go a gospel and then Acts. A gospel and then Paul's epistles. A gospel and then the general epistles and the gospel and then John and Revelation because what that does is as you're reading through the New Testament, it keeps you close to the life of Christ. It's not like you read the first you know, life of Christ in the first couple of months and then you, know, you don't read it the rest of the year. So you know, if you're interested, um, uh, what, what we're going to do actually today is at 8.30, if you're signed up for notifications, you're going to receive a notification on your phones. And um, I figured I better do it after the study because if I did it during the study, you guys would start you know, surfing the web or something. <laughs> but um, maybe you'll, you'll, you're going to look through it and maybe the Lord will catch your eye with one of those plans. There's another thing, though, that the Lord laid on my heart is another plan would be the New Testament in one year and the Old Testament in two years. And I understand, you know, just kind of talking to different people, I understand that maybe that's a better pace. I think of moms with, with little kids, how challenging that can be. Or I just think of some of the people working two jobs. God knows. But there has to be some type of plan. You know, so you have, the, the, you have what's called the time, the quantity of text, but then you also what's ha- what's, have what's called the quantity of time. You know, Paul the Apostle said in Acts 20, 27, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And so, um, you know, reading through the whole Bible is very important, I think, to be a balanced Christian. It kind of, like Sandy Adams said, in one sense, it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. Now, not that you're saved by that, but you start learning things and you start getting a real understanding of who God is. So reading through the Bible, the quantity of text, but then maybe, and I just got to be honest, that's not for everybody. Maybe for some people, they're like, you know what, I can't do that. Just I, I have like a half an hour a day, and I just want to give that to God. And I understand that. I understand that. So um, for you, and I've heard people say this, um, you know, they said, well, I'm starting reading my Bible and I just kind of got lost in this one verse and the Lord really spoke to me, you know, and I, I totally know, of course, that God is able to do that. And so for that, I'm just sharing with you guys, you decide whether it's a quantity of text, it could be a chapter a day, it could be the Bible in a year, the Bible in two years, it, or it could be like a half an hour a day or an hour a day. There was one time where I just read, I would read like 10 chapters each day. You know, of course, you're not going to get as much out of it, but sometimes you need a, you know, a, a bird's eye view. The Lord will show you. But there has to be a game plan. There has to be a plan, you guys. And so that's where I want to start. When you look at this promise right here that the Lord starts off in the Psalms, 
man, whatever he does shall prosper. And this amazing promise that we have to, to meditate in his word day and night, man, I want to encourage you to just run with that. And so as we go in the new year, it's a new start. Ask the Lord for divine details. But then the second thing is, is a time, not just in which we're taught by God, but a time in which we're talking to God. And so you guys are familiar with this, but let's turn to Mark chapter 1. And in Mark chapter 1, it's interesting. When you look at this day in the life of Christ, it was so filled, you know, from the beginning to the end. And it, and it says even there in Mark 1, verse 32, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And so this is just a full day in the life of Christ to the very end, you know, wrestling with demons, casting out demons. Now, I want to ask you guys just for a second, if you could just kind of use your imagination. What do you think it was like casting out demons? What do you think it was like ministering all day? I mean, imagine just a, a day in the life of Christ, how busy it was and how much of a battle it was but notice what we read next in verse 35 now now in the morning having risen a long while before daylight he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed you know it, it wasn't like well i had a busy day yesterday and so you know what i'm going to sleep in tomorrow not that that's never, you know, something that you can do. But Jesus didn't make excuses. He knew he was in this crazy war. And I just love this passage right here because he wakes up early and he goes and he spends time with his father. Notice how he does this. And there's a few things, three things that kind of stand out uh, to me in his prayer life. Number one, he was alone with his father. He was alone with his father. You know, um, sometimes people don't take it seriously to where, you know, they're whatever. They're in the middle of a, of a crowd or in the middle of, of you know, uh, just even, you know, your family. And I know sometimes it's hard to find a spot, but even if you have to get outside and, and go into the doghouse or something, you know, I don't know. But find a place where you can be alone with your father. He rose up early and he went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And I think there's a lot to that. I, I, I think when I look at this, three things. Number one, alone with the Father. Number two, a long time with his Father. Because he didn't wake up at 8 o'clock. He says he, he rose early. He rose in the morning a long while before daylight. They didn't have flashlights then. It wasn't as easy. He didn't make excuses, though. And he went out. It was alone with the father, a long time with his father, and it was a place with his father. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus needed to pray like that, do you think we do? Big time. Warren Wiersbe said, Where did the servant get his power? He depended on the Holy Spirit and prayer. 
He did not allow the demands of the work to rob him of the time he needed to renew his strength. If the Holy Son of God needed to pray, how much more do you and I need to pray? Sandy Adams said, There were many reasons Jesus got things done without coming undone. He rose before daybreak, found a private place, and spent time with God. He fueled his spiritual tank in the morning and ran off high-octane fellowship all day long. He said, we run down because we don't stop to fill up. No, this is one of those things where you don't want to be at your deathbed. One day you're there and you're looking back with all those regrets because you had all those reserves, because you never really did the basics obediently. And that is, you know, me being taught by God as I read my Bible and, and me spending time with God as I pray. You know, when you do this with a heart that's sincere, I'm not talking like the Pharisees. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about a personal relationship with God. It, it's really the key, I think, to all of life. You know, you talk to most Christians today, even in a, in a Bible teaching church, and I'll, I'll bet you what, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of them that don't read their Bibles. And I don't know why. They heard it somewhere in some you know, weird church that they didn't have to. No, we, we, we need this. Psalm 1 talks about this. It's the key, really, and to spend time in the Word and to spend time in prayer. First Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. I mean, we don't know for sure, but it sure seems to me like we might be living in the last of the last days, Right? When you look at all the signs of the times and people are really excited about that, you know, they see the globalism and they see um, just the, the mark of the beast and they see the, the pandemic and, you know, they'll tell you all the signs, but they don't pray. Paul, Peter says, well, the end of all things is a hand, so be serious in your prayers. You know, we have to cultivate these spiritual disciplines. Matthew 26, 40 through 41, you might remember the context there, but Jesus was talking to his guys and, you know, he's, uh, he's telling Peter, because Peter was getting pretty prideful, he said, Peter, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. I mean, you're going to be going toe-to-toe with the devil right around the corner. And so the Lord told him, you know, you need to pray. You need to be watchful in your prayers because the devil is after you. But what did Peter do? He slept. He slept, right? We read in Matthew 26, 40 through 41, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And when you look at this, you know, I don't know, again, you guys... I hope and pray that it comes across clear. I'm not telling you that you have to pray for an hour. I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you this, that Jesus told Peter, what, you couldn't even pray for an hour? You know, maybe. And again, it's, it's, it, to me, it's like, a, it's like a fascinating part of our Christian walk. You know, and it's almost like a, a personal thing where like, I don't want to tell you how much I pray because... That's very personal, you know? But, but again, um, 
is it five minutes? Is it, you know, right before you eat or something and you do the sign of the cross or whatever? And I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, we should be good at praying. We should. Oh, I struggle with praying. Well, well, yeah, maybe when you first start as a Christian, but by now, no, this is important for us, you know, to be able to say to the Lord. And, and I, I know, I don't know who it is you pray for, but let me ask you a question. And we talked about this before. Like husbands, do you pray for your wife? Honestly, do you like just, you know, like sanctify time? This is, this is just for her. And you just, you just bring her to the Lord. And wives, this is just for my husband. And you bring him to God. You know, or is it just like a 10-second thing? Oh, yeah, bless my wife and, you know, my, the day and, you know. No, man, I mean, you got kids and they should be brought before the Lord, each and every one of them, specifically with what's going on in their life. You know, and then you see, I mean, there's basically, it's almost like there's not enough time to pray for all the things that we should be praying for. And, but then when you talk to people, they're not really even praying. And so as a new year starts, this is all I'm asking you guys. You get with God and you ask him about these things. You ask him, Lord, how do you want me to read the Bible? Because I am accountable. I'm living in a time where there are Bibles everywhere and I know you want me to read it. And so you ask him that and then you ask him about the divine details when it comes to praying. I, I know for me, uh, I have not been, you know, successful all the time, but, you know, the Lord kind of showed me, like in Daniel chapter 6. Remember Daniel 6, how he prayed morning, noon, and evening. You know, and even when they threatened them, they said, hey, any of you guys pray to any other God than, you know, this image right here, you know, your history, you know, we're going to feed you to the lions. And uh, that didn't stop Daniel. And he prayed morning, noon, and evening. And I want to encourage you, ask the Lord. Like for me, in the morning, I pray just for my family. Just for my family. In the noontime, I have specific individuals that I pray for. And there's a pattern of pastors and overseers and people that God's laid on my heart. And then at night, I I ask the Lord, okay, for forgiveness, for the way that I messed up in the day, and my desire is to pray our app. You know, we have a church app. And if you go through the prayer request right there, it probably takes you about 20 minutes. Those are the goals. I'm not saying I hit them all the time, but there has to be some type of plan in order to reach those goals. Because we always talk about this, how it's a personal relationship with God. And so a relationship really is based on communication. So he talks to you he teaches you, scriptures are going to pop out, maybe you're going to get a devotional, and you're going to write things in it, and it's going to be so cool. And then uh, you talk to him, and even when you're praying, have you guys noticed this, that sometimes when you're praying, he talks to you there too, if you listen. So these are beautiful things that we have with the Lord, and we have an opportunity to start afresh in 2022. So let me close, if you would, go to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, a familiar story to many of us, but it never gets old for me. It says in verse 38 
of Luke 10. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You know, I like this story for, for so many reasons. You know, if you could visualize it, you know, the Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus, they were good friends uh, to Jesus. And so imagine him like coming over your house. Imagine how awesome that would be. I think as a Christian, it's kind of like that. I think as a Christian, it's just so amazing that the Lord comes to our house. The Lord makes himself available to be there with us uh, in our life, in our heart. You know, it's just so personal, you know, when you look at this. And so, you know, Mary, she was known when you read the Bible, just being at the feet of Jesus. To be at the feet of a rabbi in those days meant that you would learn from him, that, you know, that you were their disciple, that you would be brought up and you would actually learn what they taught and you would live the same way they lived. It's a beautiful thing to be there at the feet of Jesus. This is where we need to be. But it's interesting because there at the feet of Jesus, there's so much going on with, with, with Mary. You know, when you look at her life and the way she's weeping and worshiping and hearing the word, this is a beautiful place to be. That was where she was. She, she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And so Martha... She was worried. She's one of those gals, you know, that's busy. And I, I don't know for sure. Um, you will talk to different people about this, and some will tell you that it's okay for her to be doing what she's doing. You know, she was making the tortillas over there, man. And that's an important part of, uh, you know, life as a Christian. You know, I'm sure Jesus is going to appreciate that, you know, homemade beans and all that kind of stuff and the salsa. So there's a, there's a place for that. But but where she went wrong, and again, maybe she should have just stopped. I don't know. I, I do know that she was distracted with much serving. And the, part of the reason that that hits me is because I'm a pastor. You know, and as a pastor, there's a lot going on. And you've got different phone calls, and you've got different text messages, and you've got different situations, and you you know, have the privilege of being involved in the ministry and teaching and studying and so much that's, that's going on. But that's not my personal relationship with God. It can't be. You know, I can't, you know, say, well, my devotional time is, you know, my study time. No, it has to be completely separate. It has to be completely personal between me and God. Sometimes we think that serving in the ministry you know, makes me right with God. And it doesn't, that's not how it works. God can speak through a donkey. I've learned that. You know, God can speak through the jawbone of a donkey. What he did with Samson, how he gave them the victory. I mean, one day, 
You know, it gets to such an extreme that one day there are going to be many people who stand before Jesus and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many wonders in your name? Just because an individual is a teacher or whatever being used by God doesn't mean that they're right with God. And that's why when I look at this, I'm like, okay, Lord, it's not just about serving. We can be distracted with many things. Even good things. But Jesus said, one thing is needed. She, unfortunately, as a result of not spending time with the Lord, she was worried and she was troubled. And, you know, you talk to people and you know, they're there and that's where they're at. I pray they would know, you know, you need to come back to where you belong. You need to sit here at the feet of Jesus. I love you guys. I love you guys. But there is nothing like when I spend time with God. It's the best thing of my life. Because I love Him. And you have to have that in your heart. You have to. You have to sanctify that time with God. Because here we see the Lord says that this is something that we need to choose that can never be taken away from us. And so you all have a choice. We all have a choice what we do with our time and how we start our day, how we end our day, what we do with our day. But if we do this, then, then it can never be taken away from us. And I believe that from that devotional life and from that time with God in which you get his marching orders for the rest of the day, that you're going to then experience, you know, he's going to bless your day because he's going to guide you. So um, you're going to receive a mess notification at 8.30. And if you don't, you talk to me and uh, we'll see how that works out. Maybe you don't have it configured correctly. And then you guys don't have to do that. You know, you can even go to our app right now and you'll find it. It says uh, it's there on signups. But um, see what the Lord does. And again, I am very curious to see how you guys spend time with the Lord, you know, because I know uh, as a pastor, I care about you. And I know that there's a lot of different ways, okay?